In today's brief, we'll talk about a terrorist attack in Kosyantinivka, Russia's wonder weapon, and another fake election. I'm Linnea, and today is Wednesday, September 6th, 2023, and we're in Kyiv, Ukraine. You're listening to the Ukraine War Brief Podcast, where we bring you up to speed on the war in Ukraine in about 20 minutes or less. Let's get started with the news in Ukraine from the front. The General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, or GSAFU, reported that on September 4th and 5th, Russian forces lost 1,170 personnel, 17 tanks, 19 armored combat vehicles, or ACVs, and an incredible 74 artillery systems. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky visited eight combat brigades in Donetsk Oblast on Monday, announcing afterwards that the equipment the soldiers are lacking in battle, in particular for electronic warfare, will be discussed with the staff of the Supreme Commander-in-Chief. In the Eastern Theater of Operations, Russian forces continued offensive operations along the kupiansk svatva kremina line, but according to the Institute for the Study of War, or ISW, they didn't make any confirmed advances. Ukrainian forces continued offensive efforts both north and south of Bakhmut in Donetsk Oblast, making gains east of Oryhovo vasilivka to the north of the city, according to geolocated footage reported by the ISW. In the southern theater of operations in Zaporizhia Oblast, Ukrainian light infantry advanced to positions beyond the dragon's teeth, which are concrete pyramids used as a tank obstacle, and anti-tank ditches that make up the Russians' first line of defense southeast of Robotyne, captured prepared defensive positions northwest of Verbove, and reached the Russian defensive line between Robotyne and Novoprokopivka. Geolocated footage posted on September 5th shows that Ukrainian forces have also advanced into positions northwest and west of Robotyne. The ISW reported that Ukrainian counteroffensive operations along the border between Donetsk and Zaporizhia oblasts are likely pinning elements of the Russian Air Force, or VDV, 7th Guards Mountain Airborne Division, preventing them from redeploying laterally to critical areas of the front in western Zaporizhia oblast. In the Black Sea, three commercial ships managed to leave Ukrainian ports carrying products of the Metinvest Group, according to Oleksandr Vodovis, the head of the project office of the CEO of the Metinvest Group. Vodovis stated that, quote, The breaking of the sea blockade by ships with Ukrainian steel is a historic moment, the first step towards the complete unblocking of seaports for the entire spectrum of Ukrainian products. Fertilizers, metal, ore, food, pipes, equipment, etc., and therefore to the accelerated recovery of the Ukrainian economy. End quote. On the home front, Russian forces launched 25 Shahed-136-131 kamikaze drones and eight missiles at Ukraine overnight between September 5th to 6th. Fifteen of the Shaheds and all of the missiles, which included KH-type cruise missiles and an Iskander ballistic missile, were intercepted. A local market in Kostyantinivka, a city roughly 20 kilometers west of Klishchivka in the Donetsk Oblast, was struck by missiles launched by Russian forces earlier today. At the time of recording, 16 civilians had been reported killed and at least 28 injured, including a child. Ukraine's parliament, the Verkhovna Rada, 
approved Alexei Reznikov's resignation on September 5th while recognizing the now-former Minister of Defense with a standing ovation. This morning, the Verkhovna Rada approved the appointment of Rustam Umerov as his successor with an overwhelming majority. The Verkhovna Rada also passed a bill to restore the e-declaration system, which would require officials to declare their assets, except that it was passed with an amendment delaying declarations for another year. According to a minister of parliament, Yaroslav Zelezniak, the law will likely receive a so-called technical veto because it wouldn't fulfill the International Monetary Fund, or IMF's, structural guidelines. President Zelensky's representative in parliament, Fedir Venislavsky, provided more details about the legal procedure regarding extraditing individuals who left the country using fraudulent certificates of unfitness for military service. He stated that a separate application would have to be made for each case with the relevant documents confirming that the individual in question is hiding from the authorities. Moving on to the temporarily occupied territories, Russia is reportedly planning to hold sham elections this weekend. According to British intelligence, over a thousand candidates have been registered, primarily representing Kremlin-approved parties, but there is a lack of willing and qualified candidates. Kremlin polls indicate that the United Russia Party will gain 80% of the vote in the occupied regions, which is honestly kind of embarrassing for an entirely fraudulent and illegitimate election. Russian President Vladimir Putin's new bestie, North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un, won his election in 2019 with 100% of the vote. Just saying. Speaking of obvious scams, let's talk about the Russian Federation and effectively occupied Belarus. Former commander of the Russian armed forces in Ukraine, General Sergei Sadovykin, was apparently released from custody a few days after his purported ally, private military company or PMC Wagner Group leader Yevgeny Prigozhin's suspicious death in a plane crash. The New York Times reported that Sadovykin has not been removed from his position nor stripped of his rank, but his career is effectively over. If you're enjoying the episode, please rate us and leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to reach out to us via email at social at borlingen.media. That's B-O-R-L-I-N-G-O-N dot media. In News Worldwide, Ukrainian Foreign Minister Dmitry Kuleba gave a speech in Austria during which he said that it is impossible to stop Russian aggression by diplomatic means. Quote, Some wars are not just conflicts or territorial disputes. These are wars of aggression and genocide that cannot be stopped by simply inviting the warring parties to the negotiating table. Russia's war against Ukraine is exactly such a case, and it needs to be won on the battlefield before Russia will seriously consider any peace talks. End quote. Cuba has uncovered a human trafficking ring that, quote, operates from Russia in order to incorporate Cuban citizens into the military forces that participate in military operations in Ukraine, end quote, according to the Cuban Ministry of Foreign Affairs, which noted that the scheme had been, quote, neutralized and criminal investigations initiated. Let's talk military tech. 
The National Cybersecurity Center in the UK released a report regarding a Russian malware campaign that targeted Android mobile devices used by the Ukrainian military. The malware, which was referred to as Infamous Chisel, was used by a Russian cyber threat group called Sandworm, which is linked to the Russian Main Intelligence Directorate, or GRU. Ukraine's Ministry of Defense, or MOD, has approved a Saker Scout drone with integrated artificial intelligence elements for mass production and use by the AFU. The drone is able to recognize and record the coordinates of Russian equipment even when camouflaged using advanced optics and an AI algorithm. Don't worry, the robot isn't armed. Rather, it transmits the data to command who are then able to direct fire on the target. Russian state media outlet TASS reported last week that several T-14 Armada main battle tanks had been used in direct assault operations on the southern front and are now being, quote, withdrawn from the front line. Quote, The purpose of using the Armada was to test and observe how the combat vehicles would perform in actual combat environments, end quote. UK intelligence was skeptical about Russia's use of the tank in Ukraine, stating that it may soon be seen in the country, but any deployment of the T-14 would be for propaganda purposes, and it probably wouldn't feature in any actual fighting. Some assessment here. The T-14 tank began development in 2010 immediately after the cancellation of the even more fantastical T-95. The T-14 is no longer in development, though. It's supposed to be a production vehicle and the standard new tank of the Russian Federation Armed Forces, with 2,300 production models delivered by 2020. However, there have been reports of so many inherent flaws in the vehicle, not the least of which being its cost, that the Russian army refuses to use it. Like many other Russian projects since the collapse of the Soviet Union in 1991, the T-14 Armada seems to have been a gross exaggeration touted as an invincible wonder weapon. Russian mill bloggers claimed that it had all of the West's armies quaking with fear because they had nothing that could stand up to it. In reality, the bluster was an attempt by Russia to convince the West and its own people that Russia was capable of producing a tank that could compete with the latest Western technology. And in that regard, it is an abject failure. The Belgian MOD has purchased 14 short-range Sea Sparrow radar-guided sea-to-air missiles from Germany, with plans to deliver half of them to Ukraine. The AFU has reportedly found a way to modify existing Soviet-era book launchers to fire the Sea Sparrows, or they could be used to equip drones. That's the brief for today. Remember to check your sources and don't fall for propaganda. Join us on YouTube and TikTok for more Ukraine content and live news reports. And please consider supporting our work on Substack. You'll find the links in the description. We'll be back tomorrow with more updates. Until then, stay safe, everyone. Do pobachinya.